challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, before I dive into my topic this time, I want to urge you to make a difference this Christmas season. If you're giving gifts to men, give them things, in addition to whatever else you give them, give them things that will help them become better men. Give them books, give them videos, give them things that will inspire them and light a fire of noble manhood in their souls. Now, if some of that material is Stephen Mansfield material, fine. I think my book, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and my other book, Building Your Band of Brothers, can touch men's lives, can teach teach them how to bond with other men, can give them a vision for noble manhood. But there are other great books out there as well. I love Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. I love Iron John by Robert Bly. There are a lot of good books out there. Just don't give just the latest bestsellers. Uh, Don't give just the greatest thrilling novel, Um, but give stuff that will inspire men. This stuff is good material. There's a great body of literature out there, and I want to urge you to change lives this Christmas. Now, listen, I want to talk to you about something in this podcast uh, that I hope will make a difference. A lot of you listening to this are people who lead men. You lead them in the military. You lead them in politics. You lead them in universities. You lead them in the corporate world. A lot of you are men's pastors. And I want to talk to you about something that really disturbs me in the approach to attempting to inspire men. And I want to give you a higher vision for what's possible. A lot of the way uh, a lot of the ways that are that, that men are approached, frequently they're approached this way in conferences and in churches and so on, has to do with shame and guilt. Now, shame has its place and guilt has its place. I'm not saying those are automatically wrong. I'm not in the modern schools of psychology where I, I believe that if a person's feeling guilt or shame, that automatically they're being wrong. I don't think so. I think the shame and guilt have a good place for us. If if my children did something wrong when they were three and they lied to me and and, and I caught them and, and were, I was about to deal with them, well, the shame and guilt were, were appropriate at that moment. And they were good forces in their soul to drive them towards resolution to drive them towards righteous living. So so I'm not automatically opposed to it. But when it comes to speaking to men, a lot of people's approach has to do with listing what's wrong with men as though they're all dogs, as though they're all great big postules of unrestrained passion, as though they're people who uh, just can't you know behave themselves and contain their desires and, and control themselves. And so I have listed to long harangues at men about sexual abuse and about masturbation and about porn and about overeating and about over drinking and about not being good husbands and fathers. And I've watched rooms full of men who all of whom are devoted to their families being just blasted for um, quite a long time uh, for the fatherlessness that uh, is out there in the world. And, And yet again, these guys were doing the right thing. So there was an approach to get a response, which is what a a speaker usually wants, get a response by lacerating these guys on the negative side of who they are. Now, like I say, there's a place for shame and guilt. If I'm talking to an individual guy and he's been beating his wife or neglecting his children or eating too much or drinking too much or he's got some other addiction 
or he's somehow living beneath noble manhood in some other way, then if I, I'm, I'm happy to rebuke him. I'm happy to hammer him. I'm happy to call him to his best. And if he feels some shame and guilt along the way, then that's just a good, normal process. It might even be the way God works in his life. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get in those kind of details, but I'm not bothered that he feels down about it. But to take a room full of men who have gathered for the sake of being inspired and encouraged and taught and and, and given a vision of noble manhood and beat them for their lesser drives, beat them because of things that they have to fight to get on top of. I mean, you can get a room full of men and talk about lust and you'll have every man feeling bad about himself because every man battles lust. But but that's not the way you inspire him. That's not the way you call him to his best. That's not the way you build noble men. I'm committed to the idea that men will let go of their lesser habits, their lesser drives, the the smallness that, that besets so many of them, if you will call them to a higher place, if you will call them to a noble vision for what manhood is. And most men don't have that vision. Most men don't know what it means to be a good and a true and a great man. They don't know the glory of what it means to be a man. They don't know the power of it coursing through their veins. They don't know what it means to bond with other men and to have a band of brothers and to be pursuing the glory of what it means to be a man so that women and children and societies are benefited by the power of noble manhood. That's what we want. We want them to have a vision. So I want to urge you, uh, whatever your role, wherever you have influence with men, I'm certainly not saying don't hammer a man when he needs to be hammered. If, if some of my guys are misbehaving or they're wallowing around in something or giving themselves to some habits that are destructive, I have no problem confronting them. I have no problem telling them to straighten up. Uh, my guys have no problem confronting me. When I've told you before, when, they, when I travel on the road, some of these guys will call me. They'll check on me. There's no major addiction or habit about my life that they're wanting to check on. They're just wanting to check on me in general. How you doing with the ladies? How you doing with food? Any of that late night HBO porn in the hotel room causing any problems? Um, do you feel like you're getting your, your your study time in, your prayer time in? Are you are, are you rocking along the way you need to be? Okay, anything I can pray for? Anything I encourage you about? Does Bev need anything? That's what it's like. Um, they're, they're, they're checking in with me and they can absolutely rebuke me. But my point, and I have been rebuked my, by, by my buddies for attitudes that I have or things they noticed about my relationship with Bev, and I welcome it. But you don't make better men by talking about not being lesser men. I know that's a slight part of how you talk to men, but you can't talk about what men ought not do. You can't constantly have a don't touch that kind of approach to men and expect to inspire noblemen. Think about talking to a football team. If all you do is spend your time rebuking them for penalties, if all you do is spend your time talking to your football team about how they shouldn't get penalties and they shouldn't do bad things and and maybe what things they've done badly in the past, you're not going to build great players. You're not going to build a great team. You're not going to build great execution. You're going to have a bunch of hesitant, fearful, gosh, I don't want to screw up. Maybe I shouldn't play too hard kind of guys. And that's what we've done with men for the most part. What we have to do is to say to men, you are made for something awesome. The gifts that you have, the strengths that you have, the way that you think, these are gifts 
and they've got to be tethered and tempered and they've got to be trained in the right way. You are an immensely powerful vehicle, a being, and you may have used those gifts for ill. You may have used them for destruction, but let us teach you how to use those. Yes, for the glory of God. Yes, for the good of yourself. Yes, for the good of your wife. Yes, for the good of your children. Let us teach you how to be a force of righteous manhood in your generation. It starts with God, and it starts with you understanding the power of who you are, and it starts with you having a moral code, and it starts with you welcoming another band of men into your life to speak to you and help you and train you and coach you, and it it starts with you beginning to feed your soul with noble material and with good books and good movies and good examples and good stories. And then, yes, it does come down to you keeping yourself from your lesser drives and training yourself against those things. But that's not the thing that inspires it. That's not tops. That's not what is really going to put you over in this battle. Every man has a great battle, and we want to encourage him to fight that battle. And we know from military history that people fight better when they fight for a vision. That's what Churchill understood. He didn't say to England, we need to beat uh, the Nazis because we have these kinds of bullets and these kinds of tanks, and we have better tactics, and Sandhurst is better than the, the German training grounds and all that kind of thing. No. He said, we want to conduct ourselves so that a thousand years from now, they will say, this was our finest hour. We want our children to walk in broad, sunlit uplands. We want the British Empire and British culture and the nobility of British life to be protected and to last for centuries. That's what we are about now. And I'm telling you, people who weren't even that well-trained went to war and went to battle and and answered Dunkirk and, and did the things they needed to do. So what's my point here? My point here is that a shame-based, guilt-based approach to men produces shame-ridden, guilty men, but it doesn't produce great men. And that's not because I'm afraid to rebuke a guy. It's not because I'm afraid to call a wrong a wrong. No, I am. But I'm saying a man will drop off the lesser things that he's been doing, the addictions, the bad habits, the lazy stuff, the violent stuff, the mean-spirited stuff, the inappropriately lustful stuff. He'll drop that off if you give him a vision for what he can be. In fact, I'll tell you that I've watched a lot of men get in good shape and a lot of men battle for real uh, to get trim and to get strong. And you know what? They don't do it because you sit there and call them fat slobs. They do it because they want to be, to put it humorously, down to speedo weight for their wives. They do it because they want to look awesome. They want to be the men they're made to be. They know because under that bladder uh, is, is is a good and a noble body ready to emerge. And so that's why they fight for it. But if you just call them a, a drunken you know, slob every day, they're not going to fight for excellence. They're just going to be shamed and, and down and depressed, and they're going to eat and drink to medicate. So what we have to do is proclaim a vision for noble manhood. And I want to say something rather harsh here, but I, I want you to hear me. I think that the people who talk to men in shame-based, guilt-ridden ways are people who are lazy. It's easy to rebuke someone to criticize someone, to insult someone, and get a response. It's much harder to light up their hearts and their imaginations for a positive vision. So the question I have for these people who constantly speak shame to men is, do you know a vision for noble manhood? Is your entire understanding of manhood, men need to stop doing this, 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 and this? 
Or do you have a vision for noble manhood burning in your heart? That's what moves men. That's what changes men. Yeah, we might have to talk about some practical things. We might have to talk about how to deal with porn and how to rehabilitate the brain. And, and we certainly might have to talk about some chemical issues for certain people who have those kinds of problems. But that comes secondarily. That comes tertiary. That's, that's third, fourth, fifth. That's down the list. What we have to do is win men to the noble vision of great manhood. What does it mean to be a man? What's a real man? Who are exemplary men? Who can we follow? How can we live differently in this generation? What difference will manhood, true, noble, righteous, powerful manhood make in our generation? I want to join those ranks. I want to be that kind of man. I want to get the blubber off of my midsection. I want to stop looking at plastic hose on TV or on, on the internet or, or, or in porn. I, I want to, I want to be a good man and a noble man. I want to light up a family and send my children to to do mighty things in the next generation. I want to build bands of brothers. I want to change the culture in my generation. That's the vision that will get it done. And at that point, if I may put it humorously about my own life, Stephen Mansfield no longer has problems eating whole bags of Oreos in great gobs. Uh, Stephen Mansfield stops saying the F word. Stephen Mansfield gets on top of his anger problems. Stephen Mansfield starts to live a noble life, starts to work out harder, starts to eat less and get more protein and, and work out more and starts to get more input into his life and starts to tame his fantasy life and starts to read more virtuous stuff and starts to elevate his conversation, starts to figure out what his wife needs and how he can light the jets in her soul and, and starts to figure out how he can inspire his children. You see what I mean? Why? Because somebody came along and insulted me? No, but because somebody said, we can do massive things in this generation. We can be the men we were made for. We can feel the pleasure of God on our lives. So let me say it again. Shame-based, guilt-based approach to men builds shame-oriented, guilt-ridden men. What inspires men to become great men is a vision for noble manhood. Do you know that vision? Does that vision beat in your heart? If you're a leader of men, can you articulate that vision, what it means? And I'll tell you what, I'll do everything I can to help you from my distance, or I'll come speak to your people or whatever you need to kind of build that. But but that's how we have to go at it. Don't follow the cheap way. Don't just talk to men about their sexual things and the things they do on, on their computers. Yeah, that's that's stuff we got to deal with. I'm not hiding from that. But they're not going to want to change those habits if they don't have a vision for something higher and nobler. So get it in there. And by the way, back to what I was saying at the beginning, use your Christmas gifts to light up these jets. Use your Christmas gifts to impact men and to impart to them a vision for noble manhood. We got a battle ahead of us. We've got to change a generation. We aren't going to do it by basically saying, don't touch yourself. We're going to do it by saying, here's what great manhood is. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.